Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Mastering Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Mortensen, co-founder of One Nine Holdings, and today we're going to switch things up a little bit. No guest, but I am going to run through a live deal analysis with the property just like I would any other day when I'm sitting here at home doing work, trying to find a deal, uh, the next deal. So going to run through that, show you guys about what my assumptions look like, how I get there, how I run through a deal. Uh, so I think it'll be pretty valuable to you guys. And I just want to give a quick shout out. Thank you everybody so much for all of your support. The podcast has been growing like crazy and you guys are to thank for all of that. So please, before we get started with uh, this deal analysis, Please share the podcast if you're listening on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. I mean, we're everywhere. Wherever you're listening, please share this so that more people can get more value. And there are comment sections on and polls on Spotify and YouTube and everywhere else. So please let me know what you guys think of the podcast. This will only help us and help you as an investor learn more and so I can get more value to you guys. So please let me know what I can do more of, what I can do less of, what I can do better, what new topics I can look into. Happy to explore anything that you guys are interested in. So anyway, uh, thank you guys so much. And if you're on Spotify, there is a video option there. It should show up as a video if you open your phone. So uh, if not, if you're looking, listening in the car, you may have to bookmark this and go to YouTube or however you prefer and, and watch the deal analysis. So let's get into it. So I'm going to share my screen. Okay, so we are going to be looking at a deal in San Antonio. Let me just get these things out of the way. So we have the Stepping Stone Apartments in San Antonio. This is an 80-unit property. B-class, you've got you know your garden apartment, three-story walk-up, pool amenities, nice trees, decent amount of parking, and good frontage over here, bus stop. So let's go into how I would start to look at this deal. So first of all, we're going to Google the address. And then we're going to take a look at where it exactly is in the market. So I'm using Crexy to find this deal. Uh, many of you are probably familiar with Crexy. If you're not, this is a new mainstream way of finding commercial real estate properties. Crexy has really blown up in the last three or five years uh, that I've been looking at commercial real estate before you had to really get in touch with the brokers and have them sending you stuff or be on their sites, scraping their sites. Uh, now, websites like Crexy and PropStream are really becoming mainstream so that all the brokers, especially the big shops, are putting their properties on this website. I mean, just for what I'm looking at, You've got a lot of properties on here. I mean, just listed San Antonio, 31 results for a commercial multifamily. And something you're going to see commonly if you're not used to looking at commercial real estate deals is this unpriced. And we'll get into that in a little bit on how to back into what they're asking without having to call and ask. Um, so we'll dive into that. But anyway, so we're going to take a look at where this property is in the market. For San Antonio, I like anything above Highway 90. Love the north side, northeast. As we get more west and northwest, uh, can be, you know, you really want to dive into it. I've looked at deals, a lot of deals in this area, actually, this Lackland Terrace, Westwood area, especially over here. But for this area, decent spot, then you're going to want to take a look at, okay, what does the street look like? What does the area look like? You've got great frontage, great availability to the highways. So that's good. Right across some self-storage, some mobile home, more apartments, more mobile home. So definitely a C area and a B-class asset. So that's kind of the reverse thing that you, you want to look for. Ideally, for us, we want a B-class asset in an A or a C and a B, you know, you want, you want the next thing up so that you can get the appreciating style of the, of the area. But for this property, and we'll go through it and I'll try to move things forward. I won't do a ton of rambling. If you have any questions, please put them in the comments and, and I can answer them. 
So what you're going to do is you're going to find the OM and their due diligence. Most properties are going to have a broker created offering memorandum. That's the OM. Your due diligence, rent roll, RR, your T12. So that's the past year's financials, profit and loss. Um, both of these are going to be the main two documents that you want to look at when you are underwriting a property. And so for underwriting, I like to use Real Estate Lab. Uh, David Tupin, our first guest, he is the CEO of Real Estate Lab, and he has got a really great platform here. And so what you're going to do is you're going to go ahead, put the property together. So what's the name of this property? Do they have a name? Stepping Stone Apartments. Property address. Feel free to skip through this part while I get the admin stuff out of the way. I uh, don't care about the ad, all this stuff. What's the units? 80. We're just going to breeze through this. And then we'll put the asking price in a second. You can pick a photo. And then what you're going to do, create analysis. Analysis name. Stepping stone apartments. And then I use their flagship analyzer. So they will actually go through and you can upload the T12s and the rent rolls to this and you can, it will parse those and then you can edit the, the parsing to make sure it's accurate. Uh, for this, I'm going to spend more time just putting the numbers in just real quickly. So they go in there, create analysis. And then I'm while that's loading, I'm going to show you guys what a rent roll and a T12 look like. So this is what was provided by the broker. And this gives a unit mix. So this is going to be where you see what type of floor plans, what type of units there are, what bed and bath count they are, the square footage, how much of the property they encompass, how many units of each there are, their market rent and their effective rents. And then this is where you go into their leases, what unit it is. So this one's very specific. Some will just have it summarized, but this one, uh, and then your rent rolls are going to go over each unit, what each unit is getting, what each unit's occupancy is. If it's vacant, uh, you're going to get that information here. A T12, this is going to be your last 12-month financials. And oftentimes the brokers, uh, they will summarize these items in the offering memorandum. Now you always want to double check and you want to see what uh, line items are put where because some owners, some brokers will consider or leave out some items uh, from some of these subcategories um, or they may have them in different areas because some of them are kind of a gray area could be considered that could be considered this so it's important to keep your underwriting uh uniform on that side of things so let's get back to the analyzer and so it opens up thank you david so then we're just going to go and start doing our data entry. So we've got that. I'm going to pull up the rent roll floor plan. And now I'm going to show you, since we looked at this, I'm going to show you what it looks like from the offering memorandum. So this is what the brokers put up. This is the multifamily group who have the property listed, their information, the investment highlights. So we're going to get straight to the unit mix. And there's the financial analysis. Oops, did I skip it? Okay, not seeing the unit mix on there, so let's just jump straight up to it. Okay, so the floor plan. So they've got this one later, one SM, smaller unit, one LG, two by two. So that's a two bed, two bath. 
already renovated. I'm going to say no on these until we look at some pictures of the property. So then you'll look at, see if they have any pictures on the offering memorandum of the interior. So we've got some purple carpet, very classic cabinets, nothing flashy. These look like newer floors, renter quality floors. This laundry facility looks like it's been upgraded. Very standard, straightforward. So San Antonio, I've seen nicer apartments than this, but from my experience, this wouldn't be atypical in that area. And you'll even see in the story that it tells for what the property is getting currently and what the market is. So we're going to do our own analysis of the comps in the area, but the broker is also going to provide comps uh, more often than not. So their effective rent, this is what the property is currently getting in average rents for each floor plan. So currently the one bed, one bath, that one SM is getting $795. Comp supported rent is getting $865. 875 so very little uptick i like to see rent bumps of about 150 or more uh for a value add type of deal you know to be seen what level of upgrade this property needs 875 to 915 1049 to 1050 so there's there's nothing to do on those those two twos so Keep that in mind when you're going forward. Even though these properties look, and depending on where you live and what you're used to, uh, this is going to look pretty crazy. Even for San Antonio, this is a little back, uh, backdated in my opinion, but the rents don't lie. I mean, even the broker numbers, those are going to be, those are going to be pretty cherry numbers. Uh, very happy sunshine. So when you do your own analysis, you want to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. And I can probably. If I can find their rent comparisons. Sometimes they'll put how many units. Yeah, there we go. So stepping stone, 80 unit. Sub 100 units are sometimes difficult to find, especially if you go sub 50 units. Uh, however, there's a couple of comps that are very close to the unit count. You've got a 90, you've got a 74. Year build is very important as well, but also area. Stepping stone is located right here. Now we've got comps provided provided by the broker here, 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 and here. So not exactly the same submarket. I mean, these are different parts of town. These are different si sides of the highways. You're crossing major arteries here. I try as hard as possible to avoid doing that. I want to find comps in this little square right here. So with that in mind, let's take a look at what they've got. So they're saying the average rent Per unit at the property is 919. Okay, that's what they're currently getting. This is all to show what you can get. Now, average size, this is where you're going to see some skewing. A lot of brokers will run off of an average price per square foot. I don't love that. Unless you're very close, use it. But if you've got differences of more than 10% in your square footage, you're going to see this price per square foot vary uh, by quite a lot sometimes. Even on a small a small amount, it makes a lot of difference. So using that minute of a detail, you know, where you're just off by a penny, I mean, that gets swayed very easily by even a small square foot change. So I don't really like to use an average price per square foot on the rent. I like to see what are the rents actually getting and what is the square footage actually because that's going to tell me more of a story. Because what are you looking at when you're going to lease an apartment? Are you leasing by the price per square foot? No, I'm looking at how much square footage the property has, or the, the unit has, and I'm looking at how much I'm going to be paying. So anyway, moving on past that, we're going to go through, put that information in there. You've got the square footage, 490, 680, and 814. And I'm going to run through this quickly. So this isn't going to be a perfect underwriting, but I'm going to show you guys exactly how I do things. Um, and then we may tweak it depending on how long it, how long it takes. I haven't done one of these live before. So we've got eight units, 48 units, 24 units, units to renovate. Let's just assume all of them. 
Okay. Let's bring that down. All right. And then in the analyzer, there's a room for rent comps. And so you're going to put your rent comps there, start to give you an idea of where everything should be. But for right now, let's just assume, let's go with the broker numbers and then bring things back. So projected current effective, we have 795. 869, 10.45. And so I'm pulling that from this section right here. So this is what the property is currently getting. Now, and usually they'll give a market. There we go, the market rent. So let's pull this to the side. Let's assume, because we can tell that these are probably close to what the property would be operating at. Projected rent standard unit. So say that you have some management inefficiencies and even in a classic state. So this is classic unit. This is renovated unit. Even in a classic state, current effective, the market may beg a higher rent for even updated properties uh, due to owners not raising rents over a long period of time. So instead of 800, 795, this could be 600 and market is 795. So that's where you'll see this. So I'm going to put 795. I'm just going to say that these equal the same amount as what the property is currently getting. And then for the market rents, I'm going to go with the broker numbers for right now, 795, 895, and 1050. Now we'll run our own analysis. So everybody that's saying, yo, you don't want to use the broker numbers. You're absolutely correct. But for the sake of seeing how they got to their number, and creating a narrative to go back to them too. If you're going to come up at a lower price, these are important to say. So let's run through a quick analysis. So if you don't have CoStar or any other rent resources, here's what you're going to do to find commercial real estate, multifamily rental comps. Very simple, very easy, very free. You're going to go to apartments.com. You're going to go to the area that you want. And you're going to look at comps. You're going to look at properties. It's just like Zillow. Okay, so we're going to go to the property in the area that it's in. Okay, so we're right here. And then what I like to do, you know, like I said, we want to stay. Oh, that was a bad start. We want to stay within the area. So let's try and find some comps right here. Okay. So now you want to narrow down to what type of properties we have. So we've got on the way up to a two bed type. You want to make sure you're looking at apartments. Okay. So now that we've got that narrowed down. You're going to take a look at and see, okay, what do we have actually? Now that didn't provide too much. So not a lot of apartments here. So then I would say it's okay to move outside of that range. So what we're going to do, let's expand. Let's go a neat little circle around there. Okay. Now we've got some more comps. So what you're going to do is you're going to see, okay, what do the properties look like? Are they comparable to my property, to my subject property? Are the floor plans similar? Are the amenities similar? This one's got a park. We saw a pool in another picture. This is a very nice, big open lobby. I mean, this is a, a nice apartment complex. Hours, and then what you're going to do next is look at the street view. You know, they may have a leasing office. I know they have a pool. You're going to look at the OM. Go back to those pictures. So a little leasing office, a pool in the center of the courtyard. You know, pretty basic. Some, you know, your basic garden style amenities. You know, but let's just for the sake of this underwriting and moving things forward that these are the market numbers. Okay. 
So let's move forward into the inputs. So number of units currently occupied. hundred percent. So this is fully occupied. The total monthly rent of the units, you're going to take a look at the rent roll. So our net effective, 731137. Oops. Okay. Your CapEx reserve uh, for your annual is going to be anywhere from 250 to 350. If it's a rougher area, you're going to have you're going to expect tenants who are a little rougher on the place. 350. If it's a nicer area, you're going to expect some better tenants. 250 for this property. Let's just go with 300 management on an 80 unit. Anywhere I would say three at the very low end, and then anywhere realistically five, six. So let's go with five. Your tax rate, so this is going to be by percent. We're here in Texas. I'm going to assume that the county will assess the property at 85% of our purchase price. And then the tax rate, so the tax rate for this property, I know multifamily group is pretty good about putting their tax rates in here. Yep. So... On the summary, you see we got 2.589%. Like here, 2.589. There we go. And I'll show you what effect this has. So let's assume a lot of properties are going for, you know, 80 a door. So let's just assume that this is in. Oops, I'm sorry. Can't do math today. What is 80 door times 80? There, 6.4. I'm not good at head math, y'all. This is why I got Excel. That's why I got calculators. Okay, so moving forward. Now you see how that, that works. So the calculation at 85% of that purchase price and then times 2.59% to get your projected year one property taxes. So now we're going to go into our growth rates. Income, I'm going to put it 2%. Uh, other expense, I'm going to put that at 2% with inflation. Uh, you know, we'll get there one day. But annual insurance, insurance in Texas, very expensive. Annual payroll, put that at 2%. 2% taxes are growing like crazy in Texas. So I'm going to put 3% for there. Okay, now we get into the meat of the underwriting, our pro forma. So this is where we're gonna put our estimated growth, our expenses, everything for the life of the investment in this property. This first column here, this is your T12. This is just where you're going to enter the information from the property and how it's currently operating so that you can compare what a stabilized property and what your operations are going to look like. So let's run to the financial analysis. Okay, so they're nice enough to put this nice and neat for us. Market rent, that is going to be an item that you won't see too often on, uh, well, actually on here you will, but we're looking for a potential rental income. So they got gross potential rent. They don't have any loss to lease here for the T12, so we're putting this number. So now we just start doing some data entry. Utility reimbursement, so this is your rubs. RUBS stands for Ratio Utility Billing System, and this is a way of uh, billing back utilities to the tenants. So when tenants pay the apartment complex back for a utility bill, that's that's your RUBS. And so we're going to put the total on that, 50950 That counts as other income or additional income. The other income, this is things like fees, uh, pet deposits that are non-refundable, car port fees that you pay if you have covered parking. You know, it could be any number of things. That total, ninety-one thousand three hundred twenty-one. Loss to lease. Now they're not quoting any loss to lease on here. That's going to be usually inaccurate in in all actuality. I'm sure they've got a vacancy in here. 
Okay, so they don't have any vacancy. Apparently, they've been 100% occupied the entire time. Obviously, they did, they had some T12 totals and running past things, but so they have zero for there. Do they have anything for concessions? So this is if they're giving any free rent, um, anything like that. If there's a unit in the building that is used as a showroom, um, a model unit, that would be a non-revenue unit, and that would also go in this bad debt. That's going to be for tenants that don't pay the rent and you just never recoup that. So that can be solved by putting in better quality tenants. Um, but for all those expenses for the, the past financials, they don't have anything listed. So we're going to move down to the operating expenses. And then you want to check your number, make sure that your numbers are adding up correct as you're doing your data entry. 935759, correct. Okay. Moving down, you've got, I like to do and just match each thing up here to keep track. Contract services, 3714. Repairs and maintenance, 305, 430. And you're going to find that a lot of these, especially once they're they're put into a broker OM, they're going to have very uniform. Almost all OMs facilitate the same set of line items. Some may have something different. Some may have one added on depending on how the owners have kept up with their books um, and what the actual expenses are. But most of these are going to look very, very similar. These are going to mirror a lot of OMs um, out there. So you're going to find a lot of common terms and common line items for expenses. So if you are just getting started. Okay, so we are repair and maintenance administrative 77096. Your marketing. So they only had spent $500 on marketing. Your payroll 155944. Total utilities. So we're going to add all these up. We got 7167 plus 39872 plus 234456. That sounds fake. <laughs> Last thing, electric 68389. Okay, so I got the utilities, no management, they're self-managing, insurance, no numbers for those. Very atypical to see nothing on that. So let's double check on the T12. So insurance. So they've got here for insurance. So they've got insurance at 60,000. So let's go. Whoops. There we go. Insurance at 60,000. And your real estate taxes at 129,024. Okay. So that looks like we've covered most everything on entering your expenses. And so then you're going to want to double check the numbers. However, we've got some added numbers in here. So it's not atypical for that to, to not match up. And you'll see here, there's a missing item, excuse me, for turnover. That's going to be getting each unit ready for when a tenant moves out, getting it cleaned up, fixing any small patches, um, light work to get the unit ready for the next tenant. And we'll run through that on our own. So since they didn't have anything, I mean, you can see in the rent roll. Well, they had it 100% occupied. So they're getting rent on all of those. Okay, so not atypical. So then you're going to go into this. Okay, nothing to really base your economic vacancy off of. Economic vacancy, this is your non-real numbers on what is going to be missing from the income. So you've got your highest number, which is your potential rental income. This is exactly how much money you would be getting if 100% of the units are occupied getting the estimated uh, rents, the market rents. So that's that number that's going to be put in there. And then all of these percentages peel out of this number. 
So vague, you've got loss to lease. Like I said, this is going to be actually didn't mention this earlier. This is your difference in what you're currently renting a unit for and what the market demands a unit should be rented for. So if there's a difference that is considered a loss because you're not getting that income and you know you should. So the vacancy, obviously that one's pretty straightforward. Down units, people not living in them, not paying rent, that's vacancy. Concessions, any free rent given, any type of incentives. Bad debt, not paying uh, the rents from the, or not getting rents from the tenants. So in this market, in this submarket in San Antonio, this is all going to be based off of talking to property managers, brokers. If you get enough brokers, they're going to put a market rate on a lot of these things and you can get an idea. Some of them are a little cushy. You'll get an idea for what's market. Property managers should steer you in the right direction. Otherwise, speaking to other investors, other operators, and seeing how they underwrite and what they put for similar style deals in the same area. So for this deal, I'm going to put, they've got 100% occupancy. Rents aren't too terribly off. I think 5% should be a good, that's about market for a stabilized asset, anywhere from 5 to 8%. With this one already doing so well, I'm going to put 5%. I'm going to pad other areas. So loss to lease, I'm going to put this at 1%. We're not that far off already. Concessions, I'm going to put this at 1%. Brokers are going to tell you you can get a quarter uh, of a percent on concessions, bad debt, loss to lease. I never really like to dip below one because I've just seen so many trailing 12 uh, financials that I don't understand how you would even get to that Um in a lot of cases in the, in this market, but anyway, so we're going to get to there and then we're just going to put that through the life of the investment. Okay. So we've got fives. I promise not to give too many personal opinions. Okay. So bad debt, I'll leave that at 2%. I see a lot of bad debt on trailing 12. So I like to keep that at two if I can, just to keep, you know, feel safe at night when you're looking at your financials. Now, the income growth rate, this is where a lot of operators, a lot of syndicators lose their ass. Zero. A lot of OMs are going to forecast for growing rate, growing rent still to this day. Um, even though we're seeing headline after headline of rents coming down and growth stopping, appreciation stopping. And so five-year cash flow, and let's see what they estimated for their rent growth. Yep, 3%, 3%, 3%, 2%, 2%. Now, the markets have been growing over the last five years. I mean, if you do a year over year, yes, absolutely. I'm sure they've grown significantly, five, seven, even 10%, maybe even 15% if you look at a year or even two years. So they're not far off in stating that you could probably get that. However, with research, with seeing where the market's going, I mean, even if you just Google San Antonio rent growth forecast, you can tell I've looked at this already. You know, do your research. This is where you make your money is, is basing on your assumptions. If you assume, if you make the wrong assumptions on a deal, that will kill you later on when it doesn't come to light or it doesn't come to reality. So as you can see here, over the past 12 months, this is a recent survey done. This is October, 2023, apartment list. US is down a percent. Texas is down one and a half percent. Brokers have been forecasting 5% rent growth for the last five years um, on for the next 10 years on, on these OMs, without a doubt. I haven't seen one that said zero or one or even two. Um, three is about as low as I've seen. San Antonio, they're down 3%. If you want 3% rent growth, this graph for the last year is what this represents. This graph is going to have to go to, this is 1%. It's going to have to go to right here. You know, you're going to have to take a straight line up hockey stick. I just don't see that happening with how things are going with interest rates, with the economy, everything that's out there in the real estate world and how expensive uh, everything is going. That's really the only thing that's keeping things up on the rents is just everything has been gentrified. Everything has been appreciating and that's why. But anyway, moving forward. So I'm giving you guys a lot of detail. I like to, I like to teach a lot, like to let people know my thought process. 
So zero, I'll put one, I'll put another, you know, I think you can get 2% from where you started in year four, especially if you're operating well and you're, you're pushing as much as you should. Um, and then let's do 2% from there. So let's do twos, maybe a three in there. See how that, how that feels. You know, I think that's, that's conservative. I think that's safe. You want to be conservative, but you also want to be realistic um, and not set your underwriting back too far. Okay, so next, utility reimbursement. So what I like to do, okay, you want to see where they were getting. It's nice that they already have it, their utilities. So they're getting about uh, a third, a little over a third of what they're getting back. I think you can get maybe 70%. So let's do 0.7 times 70 this number, oops, equals 0.7, there we go, times that number. And then this is going to be for utilities, we're gonna keep that the same. Other income, you know, let's try and push this, that's a really great number, I like where that's at, let's push other income by 5%, let's see if we can get 5%. Okay, so operations, doing better at operations. All right, moving on down. Advertising. Now I'm going to go by rules of thumb on per unit and what you generally see in the market. So advertising, they already have a very low advertising budget. So let's go with 50 a unit. Contract services, typically about 300 a unit. GNA, let's put that at, they have a very high GNA. Let's do 100 per unit. Payroll, payroll is very expensive now. Been creeping up. I'm going to do 1,200 per unit, just half of what they're getting and they're stating. And you can dive in. If the number looks extremely high, they probably have lumped some other stuff into it. And so you'll see that commonly. So it's all about digging and finding the story of, of how it's been, how the books have been kept. So repairs and maintenance, uh, I'm going to do about 600 per unit. So this one being that number, that shows me that this is a CapEx number. So they've been doing renovations. They've been doing putting money into the property and have put that into the repairs and maintenance. And so what you would do normally, if I wasn't, if I didn't want to take all this time, uh, would pull those numbers out of the T12 of their their past financials and see exactly what the situation is okay so then turnover getting the units ready this is going to be oh what do i put for that let's do 325 per unit okay insurance insurance is expensive in texas i'm going to do that so they're getting about the same and our taxes looking a little bit higher from where they currently have the property assessed. Okay, so now I know that took a little bit while. Hopefully you you skip uh, skip forward. So now we've got our income, our financials, our assumptions placed in there. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to go to renovations. With this property already operating very well, it's 100% occupied. That tells me they're a little bit below, but the market states that you're only going to be getting, I mean, what's the premium here? I mean, it's basically zero. I mean, it's pretty much stabilized. So I'm going to, you know, let's just budget a very small budget for touching up the units, making them a little nicer. And then I like to add a 10% contingency. these things sometimes oh my goodness there and then all right there's your 10 percent
All right. So we've got that in there. You know, let's maybe throw in a hundred K for the property. Looks like it's been well kept. Just for some maybe additions, maybe some upgrades to the common areas and things like that. Once you tour a property and get information from a property manager, they are going to tell you what it would take, what you should put into the unit in terms of renovation per unit uh, to get a certain market rate, what you can get and things like that. So this is another good property management question. And this is also looking at comps. So you know, if other properties that are getting similar rents are in the, sim the same condition, very low budget. If we were going to have to do a full renovation to get these things up to $150, $200 rent bumps, this number would look more like $8,000 at the minimum, probably $10,000 a unit, okay? All right, moving forward. Now we're financing, okay? So purchase price, we've got that. We're not doing a big renovation or anything, so we're not going to need a construction loan or a bridge debt, bridge loan uh, to get those things done and encompass that. Lenders right now are given 65 to 70% on average, depending on uh, what situation is, but I would expect us to get 70% on this loan. Uh, generally like to stay pretty liquid, you know, may even look at this at 65. Let's see how that looks and then boost it up depending on what the deal looks like. Interest rates are high. Let's put seven and a half, maybe three years IO or interest only. Uh, and like I said, guys, feel free to dive in in the comment section and let me know what questions you have. Okay, 30-year amortization. This could be 20, 25, 30. And then let's see what that looks like on a five-year hold. I think a seven cap is great for this area. I think maybe even a six and a half could be, could be obtainable. And we'll see what they're asking on this deal. So what you can do to find out, okay, what are they asking? I just did 80 Adore, but let's find out. Let's find out what their asking price is, okay? So now I'm going to make this bigger. Okay, so they have year one NOI of 552012. And actually, I'll show you guys the even sh the shorter cut. Okay. We've got the tax rate, 2.589. So keep that in mind. Now, on broker's financial analysis, they're going to have notes or a section called assumptions and tell you why they made the assumptions on the forecasting that they did. So, taxes are 127,587 based on a partial reassessment at the 2023 rate of 2.589%. So, they had that. Was that any different from our... Ooh, are they going to mess up my example? Okay, so what a lot of brokers will do is they'll say, we estimate the taxes to be X percent of the strike price of the current tax rate. So you've got three different things there that can all back you in to that number. So let's assume they're using a, a market cap rate for San Antonio is anywhere from six and a half to 9% for a C-class property, depending on where it's at and how risky it is. Let's assume a six and a half cap, okay? So let's bring up our calculator. Okay, so we have 127.587 divided by 0.02589. And then let's assume this was an 80% reassessment. So 6.1. So very, very close to our 6.4 80 door. Now, if you wanted to see, okay, what are they thinking? They could tell you what a cap rate might be or anything, but let's just go off based off of their year one NOI. Okay. So they've got a year one NOI, 572.012. Divide that by your market cap rate. Let's go with a six and a half cap boom and 8.8 .8, very high could be much lower unless they're going by currents their current income so the t12 322 864 
divided by 0.065. Okay, closer to 5 million. T3 annualized, T1 annualized. So a lot of ways to kind of back into it if you don't know the, the asking price. Typically, they're going to have, they're going to tell you if you call. But if you don't know and you can't find out, that's okay because you always will just start making sure you're going to pay what you can pay for it. So let's just assume that's the, the price because I know it's the price that they're asking. Five-year hold. 6.5 cap market sale cost, 3%. That's pretty typical. Everything in blue is going to be your inputs. We don't need anything here. We might play with a refinance here in a minute. Stick with me, guys. We're we're almost done. I know these these typically take me 30 to 30 minutes to an hour to do each time, depending on how complex it is. Disposition fee to the manager, 2%. Uh, we want to get paid for all the work, hard work that we've done. Sources and uses. So this is going to be where your closing costs, your renovations, all things like that are going to come into play. So purchase price, 6.4. We've got a small renovation budget, just under 300K. Working capital. This is going to be if you have a debt service, I'm sorry, we have debt service loan, you know, bridge loan, something like that uh, to have some skin in the game for the lender. They're going to see, want to see something on that. Very small amount for a deal like this. You might see anywhere from 15 to 50,000. If you were doing a big heavy lift is what I would put in there for. We don't have a big construction budget or a big construction plan. So zero acquisition fee, 2%. Like I said, we want to get paid for our hard work, getting, getting this deal put together. Appraisal. Let's just run some blanket numbers on this environmental 2,500 survey. 5,000 could be up, could be down. Inspection reports go 2,500. Engineering, let's go 2,500. I don't even think we'll need engineering. Architectural, kind of same thing, but let's just pad it in there. Purchaser legal, 5,000. And lender legal, 5,000. So we've got our closing costs put into there. Title policy, I'll put half a percent. Could be a quarter, could be half, could be one, depending on the size of the deal. Uh, talk to your title people on that. Lenders oftentimes will want to see your property taxes and your insurance escrowed in addition to what you're already paying so that they can have that as a, as a cushion for them and to keep uh, the risk of the deal down. Property taxes, Texas are building arrears. We've got about two months in the year, so we'll put that. And that gives you another set of your closing costs. So total project cost is $7 million, just over $7 million. And you can see that here. So the debt, we've got a 65% loan on this price. That's that amount. That's what the bank is going to give us. Okay. Equity. This is what we need to bring to the table. So this is the money that we're raising. This is the down payment. This is the renovation. This is the closing costs. This is the uh, acquisition fees, things like that. So everything that we just did in here gets lumped into there. Almost done, guys. Last part. This is your equity breakdown. Okay, so this is how we split up the returns. This is the investor returns. And this is the manager and the GP returns. If you don't know what the difference is, the investor is the LP, the limited partner, and they invest into the deal with me, the general partner, the sponsor. And what I do is I go out, I find the property, I find the deal, I put it together. We put the business plan together. We run it. We operate the property. We hit the return metrics that we advertised or even knock it out of the park even further. And then we, uh, the investors, the LPs, they put their money into the deal. They invest into the deal and they're completely passive. They don't have any voting rights or any, any say in what happens. They look at the business plan and what we plan to do with it and agree with that um, and then let us run it. So for this to be 100%, we wouldn't be raising any money from investors. This would be if you're your own investor or shop, you're bringing 100% of the equity to the table. However, since we're raising, typically what I like to do on a benchmark, just when I'm looking at these deals, is an 80-20, and then tweak the structure a little bit. So the investors get 80% of the deal on this structure. We get 20%. Okay, So we're incentivized to do better because we make more. And so as you can see, we've got a couple of checks to go through. So 
that's pretty much it. That's all the data entry for my analyzer. Everybody's analyzer is different. I really like real estate labs. Um, so what you want to do, now we're going to start tweaking the deal. We've got all of our assumptions in there we, that we want to be. Now we need to make this green, okay? So what first thing I like to do is, okay, five-year uh, deals typically take anywhere from three to seven. This one's pretty easy. What happens if we get out of, that, out of there in three, okay? Sale price exceeds total project cost. Still doesn't. This is going to automatically populate to be project cost if, if the answer is no. There's other calculations going on in the background. Okay. I want to see what it looks like on a five-year deal. That makes me feel a little safer. So let's go. Let's go for a big discount from that price. You know, we don't even know what the price is. Oops. Six million still off. 5.8 still off. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it came back around. So yes. Okay. So now it's going to start spitting out the actual calculations, right? So now we have, and I can close or make this bigger. Okay. Sorry for everybody that was looking at a half screen. So now, and just to make things a little bit easier, you know, let's just assume this is like 6.4. I like to put this on this screen. So this is our IRR number, our internal rate of return. This is one of the main metrics that we look at when looking at a deal. We want this number to be 15% at a minimum for us to take down a deal. Our other metrics that we want to see, this one wants to be 15. We want this to be two on a five-year hold and average cash on cash anywhere from four to 8%. Uh, makes for a great deal. And then this end up being 100%. So that's all for the investors. Okay. We want the investors to make 15% on their money for investing with us at a minimum. Now, what do we do? Okay. So we're at 5.8. We assume they're asking 6.4. We're pretty far off. Let's see what, no let's see what number actually gets us. Sorry, I never know how many zeros to put. I mean, even at 5.1, I mean, we're right. And so the different, the reason, and I'll get into this. So let's find what the number is. We're getting lower and lower. Woo. And there's some numbers that we can tweak, guys. So don't get too alarmed. Okay, 4.5 gets us 16. Let's call it 4.6. Eh, maybe 4.7. Okay, whatever. Close enough. 14 and a half. Probably some rounding errors in here. Okay, so we're at 4.7. They're asking 6.4. What do we do with a delta like that? First question you may ask is, why on earth can you only offer 4.7 on a 6.4 deal? Good question. So first disadvantage is we are syndicating. We're raising money. We have to take equity splits, which means that the equity stack is diluted in the returns. So because of that, we're at a natural disadvantage and need a discount. So for us to be able to get the returns, and on this deal, this is assuming a stabilized deal by all all metrics this is a as a stabilized deal this increase over rent is basically zero we're basically just keeping the property running managing it better decreasing expenses increasing the income where we can we had a very minimal uh income bump other income the utility reimbursement was where we got a pop uh, but however, we have our vacancy costs, our economic vacancy, low rent growth projected in the near future. So these things are setting us back. Remember, the brokers are selling this deal on these assumptions. 3% 3 growth on rents, vacancy 5%, lost to lease at zero, bad debt at zero, uh, rubs projected to be the same. Um, we did a little better on that, but I mean, these are these are the reasons why. These are very lofty expectations. They could happen. There's data that could support it. However, realistically and conservatively for us, especially if we're raising money and we're, we're taking other people's money and putting it to work, 
we have to be very conservative. We have to be very realistic. And I don't even feel like we're shooting ourselves in the foot with our underwriting style because it's just realistic. It's where the market is. It's sellers are also still wanting prices that are extremely high and haven't come down much from uh, the huge spike in the market that we've seen. So anyway, we're at 4.7, we're at 6.4. The reason I like value add deals so much is because you can get the income to pop. When you get higher income by raising rents, putting money in the property, adding value, adding million, a million or millions of dollars to the property, you can get these big returns that can justify uh, paying closer to a price that that they would be begging. So for this, a stabilized deal, that's on the lower end of the spe the risk spectrum. There's not much to do. For us to get a return like 15% on a five-year plan, and let's even make this three years because this can probably be done in three years, and that, that pops your IRR to 18%. And the reason that you get a higher return for a shorter investment time is because IRR, your investment uh, internal rate of return, excuse me, is based off of return of capital and time to receive returns uh, as, as a factor. So that's the reason that that pops. So that could even cause us to, to pay some more money, you know, maybe 4.9. Yep. Right on the dot. So 14.97, maybe we even get a higher loan that gets us better. And, you know, sometimes they'll have an assumable loan. Like, does this one have an assumable loan? So they were having a seven cap. So that, that was what I was looking for earlier. They're planning a seven cap on a T3 on the owner income and normalized expenses of what they were pricing. The other thing you're going to want to see that's important on your underwriting, and I'll wrap up here and then we can, you know, open everything up for, for questions. You know, please, please let me know what you guys thought. Please let me know what I can dive into more, what I can skip over. Uh, what you guys thought of this, but pro forma. So let's go to the cash flow. So this is important for your lending, your DSCR. You want that? That's your debt service coverage ratio. You want this to be 1.25. Lenders are generally not going to help you out unless you're stabilized at 1.25. If you have a long renovation budget or a long renovation business plan that could take a year, a year and a half possibly they will do a bridge loan and get you there. So the, your numbers here could look like, you know, less than one even. But that's as you're ramping the property up, you're going to have vacancy, you're going to have renovation turnover, things like that. But once you get stabilized, they want to see 1.25. So you see at our price of 4.9 or whatever that we were at, we've got a great debt service coverage ratio, shouldn't have many problems getting, getting any debt on it. Okay, so... On hours, we've got a waterfall return. We'll save this for another time. That can get pretty complicated. I've got an error check on here. We're greenlit for everything. This is just to make sure that we've got all the information that we need. Things are as they should be. And then decisions if it passes. So purchase cap rate exceeds target uh this can be this is a little flexible these are things that you can flex on depending on the deal and i think i actually need to go back and change a couple of these but yeah your target you want at least 100 150 really your rent increases total gp returns annual cash on cash we're close to that i mean we can change that back to four or whatever so these are the things one and a half on a three-year return is actually good that's what we want to see but anyway I'll stop there. So of this deal, it's stabilized. We do need a big discount for us to get our returns. We usually look at value add deals, but there wasn't really anything I saw on the market, but I had taken a look at this deal before. So on a first pencil, before we go and redo our assumptions and tweak things where we think they can be more realistic, we're sitting at probably... Four point nine five on a six point four deal, so that's probably thirty percent discount on that. But this is why we don't. This is why we we underwrite so many deals and why we only go under contract on a very very few. So we underwrite hundreds of deals, make offers on few that that pencil closer to this or closer than this, and hopefully get accepted on 
one out of a very small fraction of what we underwrite. So it's a numbers game. It's persistence. It's having your finger on the pulse of the market and finding advantage. So uh, let me know what you guys thought of this recording of this underwriting. Let me know what assumptions you guys like to use, what you guys do differently. Uh, everybody has their different way of doing things. And I would love to hear anybody else's experience viewpoint on, on underwriting because this is how we make our money. So Thank you guys so much for tuning into our first ever live deal analysis. Uh, this is the first time me doing it, not in front of somebody or not just by myself. Uh, so this has been an exercise for me, but I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it. This was a extremely preliminary underwriting. I know that that number was quite different, but let me know if you're interested in seeing what the final number came out to after I dove into the offering memorandum and the T12 even more with more detail. There were some things that weren't as clear cut when we did the underwriting. So happy to dive into that with anybody that would be interested. But for the most part, what I did is exactly what I do on a front run. Um, just getting some more details on the front end before going into an underwriting uh, and being on camera. So anyway, I hope you guys appreciate it. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe and follow our channel on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and our YouTube channel, because we have a lot of videos like this planned in the near future uh, that won't just be podcast listening based. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.